Gonna joke around? We're not gonna joke around. We're not gonna joke around. We're not gonna joke around. No. No. Harmony. That was like. <laughs> that was terrible. That was not a harmony. Wait, wait, match me, match me. Wait, I just matched you again. That was terrible. Let's try it again. I'll go uh, harmonize with me. <laughs> Everything's harmony if you try hard enough. Hey everybody, I'm Phil. And I'm Ollie. And it's Del Toro time! It's Del Toro time! Hooray! Woo! Hooray! And uh, what do we have on our Del Toro plate today? Haxon. Ha well, I don't remember a Del Toro movie called A Haxon. I don't remember any movie called A Haxon. <laughs> a Haxon. The Haxon. Uh, why is this not on my regular Del Toro list that I'm looking at right in front of me? Because we've actually finished every single Del Toro movie on our list. Every single Del Toro movie on the list? Well, then what are we going to do now? Um, you have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rhetorical question. You're answering this for the benefit of... We're going to watch every single... Um, what is that word? Movie? No. <laughs> Influence of Del Toro. We're going to watch every movie that he has put on his list. Of influences. Of influences. It's a list called The Ecstasy of Influence, and it was featured in the book, uh, Guillermo Del Toro at Home with Monsters. That was about his touring show. Yes, which and, was very good. Yeah, and it lists 110 films at the end. So you're going to have to stick with us for a little longer, peeps. We're going to have to stick with us for a little longer. Well, we're kind of... Forced to be together through life. That's true. This may go well into your college years. Yeah, that's fine with me. For all we know. Uh, so You might have to start Skyping if I go away. Yeah, I probably will. Wow. And so just to just to make it clear how long this list is, you're just starting your junior year in high school. Yes. So this uh, this this it's a big list. And we are doing this in chronological order. And the way we're going to do it, uh, as opposed to the way we do our Del Toro movies, is... Well, since I've seen most of these movies, uh, you are going to say kind of what you ex kind of what you're expecting, anticipating from the movie, just based on what you know about it, and then we'll watch it, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the movie, and you'll be able to reflect on like how it may or may not have met your expectations and whatnot. And some of these movies I haven't seen, so I'll do the same thing. I have seen this one, so just based on what you've heard, what you know, and yes, we'll share my hilarious anecdote later. Uh, what are your preconceived thoughts about Hexen? Hexen? It, it's not Hexen. Well, I mean, it's spelled with an A with an umlaut over it, and it's Danish, so I'm not really sure what the actual... You could Google the pronunciation. Well, I know it's also known as Hexen. Uh, Hexen, Hexen, which is probably the word hex is in there somewhere, because it means the witch, or the witches, or witches, or as it's known also in English, witchcraft through the ages. Um... That's all beside the point. What are your anticipated feelings going into this? I am on edge. What makes you on edge? I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, and it's worrying me. What do you know about it so far? I know that there's witches in it, uh -huh. and that it's silent. Yeah. And that's about it. That was made in 1922. Mm -hmm. um, so you're a little, you're a little uh, anxious about it, maybe, going in? Do you think it might be scary or distressing no, or anything? No, no, no. You just, you're not the kind of person who tends to sit through silent films. No. 
I am not the kind of person who tends to sit through silent films. So this is going to be a thing for me, too. Because I've only ever seen a different version of this. I've never seen the entire thing. So if we get bored during it, that's just part of the experience. If we get so scared during it... Silent Haxon. Silent Haxon. So the Silent Witch. The Silent Witch. Well, these witches aren't so silent. I mean, they are, because it's a silent movie. Shall we dive in? I guess so. All right, we'll see you all when we return. Goodbye. I mean, it's not, it's not goodbye forever. <laughs> And we are back. Yes, we are. We're back. We're back. We're back from the hack. Back from the hacks and attack. That's my little I just made that up on the spot. On the spot. On the spot. Uh, we just watched Haxon, 1922. Yes, we did. It was, uh, I didn't mention this before, but Haxon was directed by Benjamin Christensen, which I'm sure is not how you pronounce his name uh, because it was, he's from another country because he is a... Uh, He's either Swedish and he made the movie in Denmark or he was Danish and he made the movie in Sweden. He is Danish and he made the movie in Sweden. Yep. <laughs> um, so we just watched it and it was an hour and 45 minutes long. That's a, it was a chunk of time for it a, was a It was a heck of a movie to watch right after I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, Ollie, you had some, some ideas going in about how you thought you might react to this movie. Initial reactions right off the bat. It was good. But I mean, like, as far as like how how cons- compared to how you thought you'd feel going in compared to now. Well, again, I was pretty anxious going in. Yeah. Um, but it ended up being pretty good. So you, when you said you were anxious, you were you were really concerned that you were going to be like what, just bored? No, <laughs> I knew I was going to be bored. I'm Wiccan. Uh huh. Remember? So I was worried that there was going to be like some weird misconceptions about all that stuff yeah because you didn't know going in like what the filmmakers attitudes about witchcraft were going to be yeah and uh what did you think about just his approach to the subject it was pretty neutral yeah he was just mostly reporting on what was going on yeah um but also like he at the very end he has a uh, a whole section that's that sort of attributes what we used to consider witch hysteria to like modern what at the time 100 year old psychology Mm mm-hmm uh, he, Almost a hundred year old psychology. He uh, he attributes it to what what they were referred to as hysteria, which is basically at the time, any time a woman had any kind of like mental issue, they just yeah. called it hysteria. So looking at it through a modern lens, it's pretty regressive and pretty oh, yeah. sexist look at psychology. But at the time, it was pretty progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also seemed to have a lot of sympathy for people who were poor and diagnosed with mental illness in his era because Mm -hmm. he clearly saw that there was even at the time a major discrepancy between like being diagnosed hysterical with no money and being diagnosed hysterical with money yeah (laughs) and uh so uh let's just let's just uh talk a little bit about what haxon was about i couldn't really follow a proper storyline well it's a documentary yeah ostensibly um, but so it's divided into sections. Mm-hmm. The first section sort of covered like, old beliefs, old beliefs, just sort of about the universe. Yeah, and it was kind of cool. Like he covered like Egyptian beliefs of how the universe was formed, and like medieval beliefs about how the universe. Was. There's a lot of just Middle Ages talk without any yeah. specific like years, and we know that the Middle Ages, the, the the vague notion of the Middle Ages was 
hundreds of years of of, of human yeah. history. Um, but he built these cool models mm-hmm. of the universe uh, that he would like point out with a stick. And I was like, that's that's a pretty cool. He didn't just rely on drawings. Yeah. Like, there were some a lot of drawings from like medieval like woodcuts and stuff. And there was that robotic piece. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? It's like an animatronic like version of hell. Yeah. He just says like, I found this mechanical representation of hell. And we're like, where'd you find it, dude? It's pretty awesome. Where can I get one? Where can I get one? It's like, I didn't even get a sense of scale. Like, how big was this thing? But it was like people being lowered into like pots and devils like stoking the flames. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of he, he it starts off just pretty like a pretty dry documentary with a yeah. few models just showing like how people thought of hell and demons and the witches Sabbath and what they had to do to like become witches. And it's interesting, especially mm-hmm. if you don't know any of this stuff, but uh, otherwise pretty dry. But then all of a sudden the whole movie becomes like this pseudo horror drama about being a witch in the middle ages and Mm -hmm. i thought it was pretty effective i thought the acting was good i thought the special effects were dynamic um what do you think of that the the narrative part i liked it i thought it was hilarious so tell us just in, in brief what the story was um so this is like cutting forward a few parts because i couldn't really tell what was happening for the first like two Mm-hmm. You but, seem to follow it better than I did, though. No, that was like when the actual story started making oh, sense. Oh, I see what to you're me. saying. Um, there was this woman whose like husband or someone close to her. I think her husband. Yeah, because I think it talked about that later. But um, who was sick and they, she was convinced that he was diag- he was witched, bewitched. Um, well, they had like a like an expert come in and do something with lead. Yeah, which. Mm-hmm witchcraft <laughs> and he's like yeah i know we were like what's the difference between like witchcraft and the this. magic you use to detect witchcraft which is interesting because i was actually reading uh there was a lot of debate about that in the middle ages like we've got to that the catholic church was like we've got to make some clear lines between what is witchcraft and what is kind of the church's magic and just make sure we know the rules are in place so that we can't get accused of using witchcraft ourselves <laughs> Uh, but in any case, so he he divines that there's witchcraft involved. Yeah, and he he's like, you're gonna see this witch soon. Better watch out. And the young woman whose husband is sick is like, homeless woman is a witch. Yeah, and she gets dragged out. Maria the Maria the uh, Weaver. Weaver. Yeah, and there's this long torture scene. She talks about all of the witches in the town, and. They all get dragged in. Yeah, so she ends up turning it back on a lot of the women in that house. Yeah. Um, so the mother of the young woman, the young maiden, as she is called in the movie throughout the entire thing, is accused. And the servant is also accused. Um, so they get dragged out. Um, then this monk, I guess. Yeah, so there's these monks who they imply are like the monks of the Inquisition who are just in town in case there's witches. You don't really find that out until later because they all leave. Yeah. But the woman who accused the old woman of being a witch had gone to the monks and you see this at the beginning. She had grabbed one of the monks by the arm and he'd been like, well, that felt weird. And she's so it's implied that she's supposed to be like this young, lovely maiden. Yeah. And then, yeah, so then later on, this monk who she had reported to starts having some some fever dreams some dirty thoughts and dreams and he's like witch yep and she's like what <laughs> i didn't do anything yep and so she gets dragged into prison and 
forced to confess that she's a witch because the life of her baby is being threatened or something right so this baby now is like so the old the, the man who was sick i guess has died and the baby is all that's left and they're basically like confess you're a witch and we'll let you go otherwise you and your baby are going to be thrown into the fire and so she confesses and it doesn't it doesn't she's help. she and her baby are still thrown into the, the fire. fire um i was gonna say that so oh and then like so then you sort of like you're left it's clear that the that the filmmaker does not side with the church. Like every shot of the monks, they have like nasty teeth and they're like shown like sort of like they're shown to be somewhat hypocritical and you know, they move on to other towns and he's like, you know, millions of people were burned for being witches. Eight million. Yeah. And uh I don't know where he got that number from. It's a number I've never heard before, but I don't know. I assume it's like an approximation. Approximation. Um and then, uh, then the final sequence of the movie is uh, about sort of comparing modern, like what how we diagnose people today with how they diagnose people as witches back then. Well, it's more like how they diagnose people a hundred years ago versus how they diagnose people back then. Right, right, right. Like they're quote unquote modern day, and uh, he finds flaws in both versions, mm-hmm. in both systems, uh, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if you are diagnosed in his time, you can still be shut away in an asylum for the rest of your life. And isn't that just as bad? It's, and and by people, I mean women. Like, yeah. <laughs> they don't deal with men. Like, this is not men being accused of anything. This is very much women being accused of being hysterical, of... of... I thought it was interesting. So there's a there's a woman who was caught is caught shoplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first she's, like, diagnosed as hysterical by a doctor. And he's like, we can shut her away. And the mom's like, hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. But then she gets caught shoplifting and hauled into the manager's office. And, he, and she's like, my husband died in the war. Ever since the war, I've been having these obsessive thoughts. I, I shoplift things I don't even need, like I don't want. I've um, got this Russian book. I don't even speak Russian. Right. And she's like, I just please don't tell anyone. Don't Please just let me go because otherwise they're going to institutionalize me. Yeah. And I'll be shut away forever. And I thought it was interesting that they they really emphasize the fact that she's not just sick. She's actually like sick because she's suffering from like repeated trauma. And that while the, the film doesn't offer any solutions to this, mm-hmm. it does point it out like this is totally. And he does say like, if you're poor, you're just locked away forever in like a, basically an asylum. And if you're rich, you get to go to like a nicer sanitarium, but it's still not ideal. And then there's like a weird shower scene where like, I couldn't tell like what they show a woman in a pretty nice place being taking a shower, but the water is like too hot. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, and then it shows all these people being burned to the stake. And I was like, are you drawing a parallel between like being forced to take a hot shower and being burned at the stake? Because it's not quite the same thing. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, oh, we left out. There was a little segment where they're just a dramatization of how witches work before they go into the storyline, which is... Yeah, that's the part I could not explain. Well, they were just showing, I think, just like how witches do things, like uh, using the, a corpse finger. Oh, the sticks. Oh, there were so many women carrying bundles of sticks. That was like one of their like little like people in the Middle Ages doing things. They carry sticks everywhere. Um, there were a lot of sticks, a lot of stick bundles. Just lay that down anywhere. We got all the sticks we need. We kind of commentated over yeah. the entire thing when you're watching a silent film it's easy to slip into the little commentary track and there were a lot of sticks one of these stick bundles had an arm in it though and a, and a skull and a skull and the finger from the arm was a little too ripe and they're like 
this man has been in the gallows for too long. And we can't, but they still put his finger in like a thing. And we don't really know what happened. To there. moisture, I guess to get its moisture back or something. Like it was too dried out. But uh, so they show that, but they also show this woman who wants a love potion, which is made of cat feces and dove hearts. Yeah. And something else. Cat feces and dove hearts, y'all. If he, she puts it in the man's drink, he's going to want her. A few drops in his drink. Cut to the man who is this unappealing monk. Like he's a monk. He's corpulent, which is no big deal. But he also is disgusting. Mm-hmm. He eats horribly. And she's like, and so it shows her putting the stuff in his drink. And he's like, oh, like, who's that over there? And then she's like, no, nah, I want something stronger. So then she's given uh, something made of males, like something or other. Oh, a male robin. That's like a, a, like a randy male bird, some kind yeah. of male bird. And then they're like, we ground him up. It's in this. And the guy's like, ooh. Well, no, first they're like, couple drops right. <laughs> she dumps the entire thing in and he chases her around the table and it's weird and into the woods and he kisses her on the neck and she's like no nah, i need something stronger <laughs> and she's like all right well i got this thing that'll like make him basically just appear in your bedroom and the whole time we're watching it i'm like i don't understand like what it is about this dude that she's like i, I need this guy and i need this guy well it might be that he's like rich or something he's a monk he doesn't have anything yeah like, but he has like shelter maybe she's homeless or something but then how could she pay the witch? How does she pay the witch? Do we ever see her pay the witch? Oh, you know. I don't know. <laughs> like maybe she just gets more sticks or something. I think it was serving more as a commentary on the clergy than yeah. like a logical like, why does she want this guy? Because this guy was gross and he was a clergyman. And also to show that like, well, the cur- clergy are not. He, ca- he refers to him as a pious clergyman. But then you see him and he's like stuffing his face and like gross table manners and i have a feeling that uh benjamin christensen had a few things to say about the clergy probably in his private life as well <laughs> uh, remember this is the 1920s um it's the birth of modern like still the, the dawn of modern psychology uh people are pulling away from the church in droves um mm-hmm. you know it's, it's becoming more fashionable to talk about atheism to to, to uh to, to to criticize the church and uh yeah, so it's a uh, it's it's an interesting time to be to be making this movie, and but what I want to talk about now is the special effects in Haxon, uh, which are plentiful. Let's talk. Let's talk costumes of demons. They're really cool. Yeah, they're like these fur suits, mm-hmm. and they're just amazing. And there's also like they they build. They build costumes that look like the demons from these woodcuts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this one representation of the devil who doesn't do much. He kind of just stands there. But it's it's sort of cobbled together looking. But I think it's creepier because of that. Yeah. And we see like demons, like these masks and prosthetics, these long fingers, these creepy fingers. That do the Doug Jones hands. They do Doug Jones hands. And uh, I think this movie costs $2 million to make. Um I think it was at the time like one of the most expensive movies ever made or like and the most expensive made uh like in the in the region mm-hmm. like and it shows like this was a this was a I, I guess saying two million dollars is incorrect two million kroner which I don't know what that translates to in dollars but an expensive film and like there's a lot of like multi-layered imagery where like witches are flying 
in the sky while someone sits in the foreground in silhouette and watches them. It's pretty beautiful at times. Like I, I believe Mm -hmm. like he makes the most of his budget and the, the technology at the time. Uh, let's talk about the scene where the woman gives birth to demons. That's not, (laughs) (laughs) uh, under, under pain of torture, the woman confesses that she, uh, that she gave birth to demons while being aided by some of the women she accuses of being witches. And you see her like laying on a bed and there's a blanket covering her lower half. And then these demons crawl out from under the bed and they are legitimately creepy demons. Mm-hmm. Um, like the costume and the prosthetics and the the way they move. And there's a devil who shows up from time to time and he's just kind of this lecherous looking guy with like horns on his head and his tongue always flicking in and out. And it sounds funny, but it's so relentless that I find it to be unnerving. Like mm-hmm. it's unnerving. Did you find the movie to be, was it, was it, I mean, it, it's, it's fun to sit there and laugh at it while you're watching it, but did you find the movie to be effective? Well, it depends on what the effect was supposed to be. Um, did you find it to be unnerving or creepy? It was definitely unnerving during some parts. Um, I know a lot of the history about witchcraft uh-huh. already, so because it's really fascinating to me. Yeah. So like some of the stuff I was like, uh huh, yeah, that makes sense. And like, but like the the costumes were genuinely creepy. And I thought that the acting was played pretty straightforward. Um, it didn't have. I mean, silent film acting is a little more, is of course more melodramatic mm. than, than. Well, it has to be because there's no talking yeah you're they're selling a lot of it with just their faces and but i thought that like the actors really committed mm-hmm. like the old woman who played the witch she was she was in for it. like she was just she was just she was fully committed to that role um there's a little like moment at the end with a couple of the actors where he's like uh talking about the old woman who played the witch mm-hmm. and or maria because she wasn't actually a witch um he talks about something she said to him about believing in the devil i i've the devil is real and he I've seen him by my bedside or something like that. Yeah, like and he doesn't really cast judgment on that. He just sort of brings it up as like, no, the belief in the devil is still a thing that people mm-hmm. have. Uh he demonstrates he there's a cool sequence of torture devices, which I mean, it's not cool because they're torture devices, but it's cool in the way it's produced. Yeah. You see they show the torture device and they show it on a person, like really really on a person. They don't show it being used they show it like seconds before it's used. Like the hammer will be coming down and then it'll cut and then it'll cut to the next thing. And for as young as the the world of filmmaking was, it's a really cool like sequence. Like it's edited really well. Like, it is. It flows pretty cool. And uh, it, it, I think it's more skin crawly because you're not shown anything. Um, yeah, you're never, there's never any like real violence shown. It's all suggested or off, just off camera. You mm-hmm. do see a woman get thrown to the cobblestones, though, like in her own house. She gets thrown to the ground, mm-hmm. and I don't know. The, the, it doesn't flinch. It doesn't flinch from the horrors of what people were subjected to. No, it really doesn't. And but it doesn't. It's not. I don't. It doesn't feel exploitative to me. Like no. you're not. It doesn't feel like a movie that was made just to show you like the goods. It feels because like, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It. It's like this is what happened. Yeah. I'm not going to scar you with visuals, but I am going to show you what happened. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like he was legitimately trying to make you sympathetic for people yes. accused of witchcraft? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he was trying to make a point across with the modern like medicine like, "Hey, 
this is it it might be we might not be burning these women at the stake anymore but we're still shuttling them off to these horrible places yeah yeah um i feel like he was fairly sympathetic to to people both past and in his present Mm -hmm. um his he was inspired by reading a copy of the book um I don't know how to say it properly, but Malleus Maleficarum. It was a it was a book written in, in I think the 1400s uh, by a guy who <laughs> the guy who wrote it was accusing women of witchcraft so like passionately uh, passionately that the church basically kicked him out. They were like, "Nope, we, <laughs> you're you're a little too you're a little too into this." Like especially the like bodies and naked parts of figuring out if people are witches we're not cool with you anymore get out of town uh-huh. and he to in his revenge he wrote this book on how to how to tell if a person is a witch how to prosecute them how to persecute them and how to torture them and kill them and the church was like nah we're good the inquisition was like nope we don't need your crazy book thanks we have our own methods but local magistrates adopted it as as a way of proving but it's often confused as an inquisition book so a lot of the techniques we saw the inquisition using in the movie mm-hmm. most likely were not actually used by the inquisition they were used yeah. by like local local like constabularies like local local judicial people to torment poor women um the the inquisition did its own horrible things yeah but we cannot forget the men who were also killed like giles oh yeah well uh, yeah giles from buffy the vampire slayer different different man oh buffy (laughs) who was slowly crushed to death by rocks being placed on top of him yeah was it wasn't he american i think so yeah this movie specifically does not go into witchcraft in america that's a whole different thing. That's a Just whole different watch, thing. watch the witch. <laughs> we didn't burn witches in America. Uh, they were all hung. Yeah. Um, which is, I guess, better. No. Uh, yeah. American witchcraft hysteria is like actually a whole other story. Like witchcraft in Europe versus witchcraft in America. That's it's it's two separate things. Mm-hmm. And this one does not touch on. Which is good because that would be a lot longer of a movie. It would be a lot longer of a movie. This is an hour and 45 minutes. It dragged a little bit at times, I thought. Um, I but, didn't notice. But I thought overall, it was all fascinating. But overall, like this is a, a it's a vastly entertaining movie. The whole good cop bad cop scene dragged a little bit. There was this. <laughs> tell us what happened to the good cop bad cop scene. Well, they they were trying to get this old woman to confess, and there was this man who's like, "Come on, just confess, just do it, and we'll get you like a cake or something." And then this other guy would like grab her and be like, "No, you must confess an hour, or we'll kill you." And it like went on for like five minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's a silent film, so it's basically just a nice guy and a mean guy yanking a woman back and forth. Yeah. Why don't we talk about the ending of this movie? The very last scene. What is the very last scene of this movie? It's the very last scene is just a blank screen that says the end. Why don't you explain? So, uh, so the 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 last thing on the screen is the words the end. Only it's not the end. It's uh whatever the equivalent of the end is in Swedish. Which in in our word is just the word slut. <laughs> uh, it's S L U T. I assume it's slut, uh, which is in Swedish, probably means the end or goodbye. But it is the last thing you see on the screen. <laughs> it does seem like the, the the filmmaker like suddenly just flips you off and is like, see ya. Like eh, 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 eh. it's 
very, 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 I am 13 years old juvenile, but it does create this like little co- cognitive dissonance at the very end of this very, very somber and and intense movie <laughs> to have the filmmakers suddenly turn at you and just be like, see ya. You're like, no, 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 no. Uh, it made so- us laugh. Yeah, it did. So this was my first time watching the movie. Why Mm -hmm. don't you tell us what your first time watching the movie? (laughs) So my first experience watching the movie. In 1968, there was... I I was not alive. Uh, In 1968, though, there was a a 70-some minute version of this movie. A a pared-down version of this film uh, that was re-recorded with a a jazzy score and, uh, and narration by famous author, famous voice, William S. Burroughs. Um, it was called Witchcraft Through the Ages, and a lot of the time was cut off because I believe there were like no interstitials. There was no, there was no nothing to read because it was all narrated. Wait, so. Witchcraft Through the Ages? Uh huh. That that was in an episode of Charmed. Oh really? Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Um, which is Witchcraft Through Five Seasons. Um, the uh, so it's it's narrated by William S. Burroughs. It's it's much shorter because he's just narrating it, so you don't have to read anything. But I rented it. I want to say I was in high school at the time. I may have been young in college and home for the summer, but I think I was in high school. And You're I went, my age. And I went to Blockbuster, and I was like, "What's this? Witchcraft of the Ages, narrated by William S. Burroughs. Sweet." So I, I I pick it up, I take it home, I assume I watch it, and uh, and that's it. And but I'm like later on, I'm in my bedroom, uh, and all of a sudden my dad bursts in, <laughs> and he's all he's he's brandishing the blockbuster video <laughs> case, and he's all, "Do I need to know? Do you need to tell me something?" And I was like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "Is there something you need to tell me?" I'm like, "What are you? What? What? What?" He's like waving this like video cassette in in this in the air. He goes, "Are you into witchcraft?" I'm like, what? He's like, are you into witchcraft? Is there something we need to know? And I'm like, what? What are you even talking about? And then he's, he holds out the video, and it's all witchcraft of the ages. And I'm like, no, it's like this, like old silent film from 22. I rented because of Williams Burroughs. No, it's like some narration and like some jazzy stuff. I don't. I don't what are you even talking about? Like, you would tell me if you were into this, right? You would tell me if this is what was going on. I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I just. What are you even talking about? I, I just. And, and then he like just like leaves. He like slams the door and leaves. And I was just sitting there like I just rented a movie from Blockbuster Video. Like I've rented. It's just an old silent movie. I don't understand. Why am I getting in trouble for my movie? <laughs> my movie. My movies. My movies. <laughs> and that was my that was my first and only experience with Haxon, Witchcraft of the Ages, uh, That makes until, me laugh every time you tell the story. Up until, up until today. My dad accusing me of witchcraft <laughs> because of a movie about people accusing people of witchcraft for no reason. Um I would say that this I prefer this version, the actual version. It's there's a there's a pacing and a timing and the the William S. Burroughs tries a little hard to be like to be creepy because it means what I don't know if you ever heard William S. Burroughs speak his legitimate voice ain't talk like this like he had like a really like his narration was really really monotone when he talked that's my I William don't S. think I could listen to that voice it's at creepy all. it's creepy uh, I had a few of his like spoken word albums and uh, I mean his books are a trip and a nightmare and uh, he was he was definitely a, a he was definitely someone. He was but, someone. Uh, he was someone. But uh, now let's move on to our final segment where we talk about why do you think Guillermo del Toro likes this movie? Because it's about 
horrible horrible things happening to people because <laughs> it's about horrible horrible things happening to people let's talk about just the aesthetic like the look of it like can you find parallels in in the the the, the look of this well, film with his movies in 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 Cronus especially it just has a very similar feel to it i don't like, know like what what kind of feel like like in the- a very quiet like feel of just watching horrible things happen to somebody well I, yes like I, I think it definitely goes along with like del toro's like sense of like the innocent will suffer yeah um and i want to talk about like the the physical like the way for very little money and very little resources they created these cool sets and costumes and do you see that reflected especially in his early stuff yes <laughs> yeah like like, like especially about, mimic like and let's talk about his monsters yeah like we we joked a little bit about pointing out different monsters in the uh show like oh look it's the mimic bug right right the mimic bug and here's uh here comes like just a creepy like little man crawling through a hole there was, there was some stop motion animation in this movie too mm-hmm. um there was like a, a creature coming through a door like tearing its way through a door that was all stop motion animated that was cool yeah and i think like as a young filmmaker watching this and going like, oh, like I see how they pulled this off. Like very primitive filmmaking techniques and it's still genuinely unnerving and effective. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to have like modern Hollywood aesthetics to like create something that's jarring and hard to like difficult to watch because it's ugly and creepy. Um, Hollywood does not like ugly things. Yeah, this movie like sort of revels in the grotesque and I can see that like I can see that in Del Toro's like aesthetic for like old woodcuts and the way he draws like in his in his notebooks, like just this like love of like line art and translating the look of illustration into three dimensional forms, which is what this movie does. Mm-hmm. Um, like because it takes these old woodcuts from like the Middle Ages and turns them into costumes and does it pretty faithfully, even to down to stamping on the cross. Uh, no wonder it was banned in the U.S. This movie was totally banned in the U.S. This movie, it doesn't really have, it has, it has butts. You see some butts in this It has boobs. Movie. Yeah, some side boobs. And penises. Well, and wood drawings. Not like, not like guys like flopping around in front of the screen. No, there's penis. There's penises on the costumes. You didn't see those? I did not. I was, oh. I was, I do this. I cover my eyes when I am in danger of seeing anything like that. It offends my sensibilities. <laughs> no, I did not notice. Uh, they, they had genitals on the costumes. Yeah. yeah, so the movie doesn't pull any punches that way. No. Um, there's a lot of like toplessness, but mostly from the back, like mm-hmm. uh, people like disrobing from the back. Uh, but not something that really played well in middle America. Not something you want to bring on, you know, on your little like cinematic road show and show to like mom, pa, kettle out in the sticks. Like I can see people just being like out in the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, more sticks have arrived. <laughs> oh, good. These aren't the sticks I ordered. <laughs> <laughs> I need more sticks. But, uh, I've been waiting on these sticks all day, and you bring me these sticks. This is this is watching watching Haxon with Bill and Ollie. <laughs> There's a lot of like comments about sticks. Um, I really just can't overemphasize just how effective this movie is. Um, did you know that the devil was played by the director himself? That's cool. Yep. He uh, he was like. No one else can pull this off like I can. <laughs> which is basically every time the devil showed up on screen, which I had is, to. Which is like Del Toro playing side characters. Right, right. It's basically like Del Toro popping up as a monster in one of his movies. 
his movies. Um, movies. As, uh, yeah, and so this is so this ended up being um, the movie that he was known for. Like the yeah, you, you, if you ever talk about him, like people are like the guy who did Haxon. Like, and I I believe that uh, I believe that if if you're only known for one film, this is one to to put on your gravestone. Like guy who did Haxon, yeah, it's pretty cool. Is he dead now? The filmmaker. Let's see. Well, he was born in 1879. I would assume he's dead now. <laughs> he died. He died at the age of 79 in 1959. So, you know, he, he had a pretty good life. I don't know uh, necessarily how he died. Um, oh, it looks from what I'm reading. Uh, he died of witchcraft. <laughs> he was killed by witches. Ironically enough, no, it looks like... Uh, he sort of like left the film industry and kind of died in obscurity. Yep, it says right there, died in obscurity, but at the age of seventy nine. So you know, I probably not the happiest ending to his life, but he made a bunch of films, and uh, he's remembered today. There's a great copy of this. Uh, Criterion came out with a nice copy of of Haxon. They cleaned it up, they restored it. Um, you can get it and the uh, the William S. Burroughs version available on the same disc. Um, if you go on to uh, Spotify, there's a few different versions of scores for this movie that have been done. What we did... We combined two of them. We played the movie and then we also played someone else's score behind it. We played the score done by uh, Amp Tech behind the version that's on the DVD behind. like So... But the Swedish, there's a Swedish Film Institute version. We played it with the Amptech score over the Swedish Film Institute's version score, and it's awesome. It's awesome because the Swedish Film Institute is very much just like a lot of like, like just like long drawn out like mood music, and the Amptech score is like. And it really works well. It it it, it does, It's not as long as the whole movie, so it kind of like yeah, it bled into their other albums, which is like which was fine, which was really cool. Like at the very end when it gets all psychological and you have this like creepy like industrial music playing in the background. I guess I'm just saying like if you're gonna watch this movie, you can play whatever music you want behind it. Don't play Katy Perry behind it. Don't play any of Katy Perry's. Yeah, don't music play anything ever. poppy behind it. That'd be weird. I mean, maybe if that's the if that's the kind of party you're having. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. It's all mine. No. That's as much as you can oh, sing, or else we're gonna have to pay for it. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm I assume I'm not stepping on any like copyright toes by doing my impression of Amptech music. Remember that scene where the guy was being whipped and we just put saying he's a great superstar yes. over it. But then they got really fast. And then it was, and then we're like, God, gosh, diddly darn dude. Didn't line up. Come on. You're whipping him too fast. There's a lot of stuff with like monks wanting to be punished for their, for their thoughts. There's some crazy nun stuff. You want to talk about nuns dancing? This movie has nuns a dancing and it is the most delightful thing I've seen on screen in a long time. It's hilarious. (laughs) It's hilarious and awesome. But as much as we can poke fun at this movie while watching it, I think this is a very successful movie. It is. Like if you're in the right frame of mind. Uh, and you sit down and you watch it. It's unnerving. It's got some genuinely distressing scenes. It's got well-acted scenes. And nicely directed. Like, I would say it's not a struggle to sit through. No, it's not. Probably harder at like 10 in the morning when we watched it. Well, I mean, during during like the middle when I asked how much of the movie was left, it was kind of draggy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wanted to stop. <laughs> but after a while, it picked back it up. It picks back up. Yeah. No, uh, I give it a hearty recommend. Me too. That's what you're looking for. Um, and I can definitely see where Del Toro would be like, I'm grooving on this. 
Like I can, I can dig this. I can appreciate his visual aesthetic and his use of miniatures and his use of models and costumes. And yeah, you sell it. You just, you, you want to, you want to put something in front of a camera, you build it, you film it, you have a movie, like no computers or nothing. Special effects, they're there, but they're all in camera. So, uh, Haxon, that was Haxon from 1922. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So, Ollie, my question for you is, what is next on our uh, little, like, uh, ecstasy film festival? It's not an ecstasy film festival. We're not doing drugs. We're not doing ecstasy. Uh, uh, What is it? Is it Dracula? Is it Dracula? Nope. No, what is it? It's another silent film. I thought you only said there was one silent film. There are three silent films on this list. Is it Frankenstein? If Frankenstein is not silent. Okay. It is Nosferatu. <gasps> I was so close with Dracula. You were so close to Dracula. What we're going to watch next is Nosferatu, the original uh, silent nightmare. Um, it is going to be fun. I haven't seen Nosferatu, the original, in a long time. I've never seen it uh like i haven't seen it in a long time i did read a book called nosferatu probably not the same thing no uh, it was um, by i think stephen king's son joe hill yeah. oh Nos- nosferatu right right, right. good mo- good book it's a great good book. book uh yeah if you have not read joe hill read some joe hill he is a dynamite horror writer um no we are watching the original silent classic nosferatu i can't wait to watch it with you it's also from 1922 a very different film um, and also another film that also a film that was banned for very different reasons, uh, which we will talk about next time. Uh, until then, I'm Phil and I'm Ollie and we'll see you when it's Del Toro time. Oh, and I did want to add, uh, if you have a chance, please go to iTunes, rate and review us. We would appreciate uh, being rated and reviewed. We've got a few, and we desperately appreciate people who have taken the time to do that. Go go there. Give us stars. And tell us what you think. If if need be, give us some constructive criticism. We are always looking for ways to better ourselves. But make sure it's constructive and not just telling me I stink. Because um, that's rude, and you would be a meanie pie if you did that. <laughs>